0: I the I From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell.
3: You heard it. I'm RJ live on a big Friday. All star game coming up, and so many big NBA stories to talk about. We're on 200 plus Fox Sports radio stations across this. Great, great nation. Join in studio, one of the pros who knows, Steve Fazek, NBA expert, NFL expert. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. You can have all the pros you want, but you need Joe's. We got ours. He's in LA. Joan is not. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in
5: which we gear up for week two in the XFL, we've got a storyline out of the NFL that won't go away. What is the Vegas lead on a Valentine's Day Friday?
3: We are going with the Las Vegas lead on Zion and Zion's amazing performance lately.
5: That's right. It was a career high for Zion Williamson. 32 points in a loss on Thursday night. 123-118, but another impressive performance by the rookies as they head into the All-Star break.
3: No doubt. And if you think about it, the hype on Zion was through the roof. I mean, high, high hype. Fez's hype does... I mean... Any rookie since LeBron, maybe, huh? I think so. Yeah, and Jonas, I'm just curious from a fan's perspective. What was like your instinctual optimism about Zion coming in? Intrigued because
5: he was doing it differently than anybody we'd seen in a long time, but worried about injuries. Like that was always my concern.
3: And I think that, as as amazing as it's been. It's still injuries, a big red question mark. But let's talk about how amazing it's been. So for the first two games, Zion had limited minutes. So we could look at the counting stats and all that. But after that second game, he's played pretty much the same amount of minutes on average. And that's been still less than 30 minutes a game. So as well as he's doing, as many points as he put up last night, for example— Zion, less than 30 minutes per game on average, even since the first two that were much less than that. Now, a typical NBA starter is a little bit over 30 minutes. So, right now, Zion, even removing those first two games, Zion has uh, played less than a typical starter. Now, you compare him to an All Star, right? All Stars play about five more minutes. Per game, So as good as he's been, he really hasn't ramped up his minutes yet, Zion. Number two, 10 games so far, 9 out of 10, over 50% shooting. Over 50%, 9 out of 10 games. He's number 12 in the NBA with true shooting percentage, which is an advanced way to say how well you're shooting. Zion is shooting exceptionally well, 9 out of 10 games, Better than 50%. Now, if you look at his PER, a very well regarded advanced metric, number seven in the entire NBA, Zion. And the herd talked about this today second best ever points per minute for a rookie. By the way, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain, number one, Zion, number two, rookies points per minute which speaks to the idea that he hasn't had a ton of minutes, but he's been putting up big, big numbers. And then finally, last two games, two highest scoring games. So the trend line is up, 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 31 points the game before 32 last night. And in those games, 58% shooting. So he's super efficient, Zion, but he's putting up the counting stats with the points. He's doing better now than he has at any point, trending up. And he really isn't playing as many minutes as he could in theory, which would mean those counting stats would go up even more. Amazing. Amazing. But Jonas is right. Maybe these minutes are down or low because of injury concerns. And is that something you can really shake in the short term? or even the long term, if a year from now he's still not really injured, you still got to wonder in the back of your mind if the way he plays, if the fundamental way he plays, Zion, is why he has been so injury prone. Because he kind of plays like a football player on the basketball court. He's got the body for it. But, man, I don't know if anyone can take that banging. Fez, yeah. any thoughts? Yeah, and you've
4: got a, a really nice vertical leap in Zion, and he's the third heaviest guy in the NBA. So think about that. I mean, go back to even like WWF. You don't have the biggest guys going off the top rope because they're going to blow out their legs. So it's, it's a major concern with the weight that he's carrying.
3: Andre the Giant never went to the top rope. No. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Guys, we do have a, another game in the NBA we want to touch on here shortly. I want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
3: Real quick, Jonas, let's give some credit to OKC here and, and one with Chris Paul. I mean, we all know Chris Paul traded effectively for Russell Westbrook. And if you look at the numbers, and there's all kind of different advanced metrics, but Chris Paul is having the better season than Westbrook. So if you look at that trade, that really was Houston saying, we are willing to pay extra to get away from Chris Paul's contract. And Chris Paul, and, and Chris Paul's performance relative to that contract, but somehow some way, Chris Paul is having the better season compared to Russell Westbrook. And it's really not much of a debate if you look at the advanced metrics. And also, let's give amazing credit, amazing, to OKC themselves. Against the spread, the number one team in the NBA, the Oklahoma City. Thunder, the best moneymaker, 64% winners against the spread. 34 winners, 19 losses, two pushes. And even better, OKC on the road. Amazingly, on the road, OKC, they've won 12 of their last 13 straight up. The last time they lost a game against the spread on the road, December 14th. (coughs)
4: just amazing how well this team has played. And and let's face it, under the radar as well, this Oklahoma City team, they were supposed to be doomed rebuilding their season win number. I saw as low as like 35. It did get bet up to 37. Bottom line, they were forecasted to be a below-average team. Oklahoma City... In the number six slot for the West playoffs, not only has Chris Paul done it, but a couple of the other guys acquired in the trade, Gallinari and Shea Alexander, um, he has made, Chris Paul has made these players better.
3: Yeah, good stuff. Really overperformance. OKC. Number two on the list, standings, ATS team in the next game boston that's right and it took double overtime in boston our final look at the
5: nba before the all-star break and it was a good one on tnt the celtics a 141 133 win over the la clippers
3: yeah that was a double ot yeah double ot Oh, Fez, you think coming out party here or at least a step into the limelight even further for a Boston Celtic? Yeah,
4: Jason Tatum has been having a great season. He's greatly improved and he is right there at being one of the elite players in the NBA. But I think this game really cemented it. There were so many eyeballs on this game. And I got to tell you, I saw Jason Tatum go toe to toe with Kawhi Leonard and outplay him in this game. It was truly impressive from the outside, RJ, from the inside, Jason Tatum. Tatum did it all last night.
3: No doubt. What was your impression, Jones?
5: Tatum was awesome, and he's played really well all year long. And I think, and Steve Fezigan, I'll give him credit on this before the show, he actually pointed out it was a standalone game, so maybe it was the first time a lot of people got to really take in what Tatum has done this year. He's been much better this year coming off that sophomore. A lot of people considered it a disappointing season with all the drama. He's been awesome this year. Uh, Kemba Walker, not as good of a player as Kyrie Irving, but a much better fit for the Celtics.
3: Yeah, I think for sure. And, and team, you know, these are teams, right? And that's, yeah. that's what makes it fascinating to follow all the sports, NBA included, is it's not just an aggregation of talent. It's about 2 plus 2 equaling 5 sometimes. Leonard, 46 minutes he played in this game, and it shows you teams right before the break tend to play full out max effort leave it on the court. And I think you got a handicap to that when a team plays their last game before the break because obviously Leonard playing 46 minutes. Mr. Load Management is unusual. Paul George, only 15 minutes. He was injured, hamstring, third time now this season, dealing with a hamstring injury. If you're looking at the Clippers, right now, third favorite to win the title. But right there with the Lakers and Milwaukee, Paul George key part of that team. How many points per game do you give Paul George's value?
4: Two and a half points and let's face it, he missed 10 games in January. He keeps reaggravating this hamstring. I think we're going to see a lot of load management for not just Paul George, but for the rest of the Clippers during the uh, last 30 games of the year.
3: And Jonas made, I thought, a brilliant point yesterday, which I hadn't thought of, which makes it brilliant because, I mean, if it was, you know, if I, <laughs> it couldn't just be obvious and you miss it, but... Hey, Clippers, Lakers, battling for, in theory, the number one seed or home court advantage over the other, but they play in the same venue. So yeah, ticket allotment would be to the advantage of the team that wins, but the stakes... For home court between the Clippers and the Lakers, less than any other two
4: teams. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So probably Lakers might have a two-point home court when they're the designated home team. When the Clippers are the home team, I don't know if it would be anything,
3: right? That's an interesting point because, again, it being a Laker town, as Jonas said very astutely yesterday. Also, Paul George being, let's say, a little uh, bit—let's say they're going to be protective of him makes the trade for Morris all the more— Effective, I think the Clippers did, and he played a lot of minutes last night. Last thing, we mentioned it during our pick segment Celtics play really well under Stevens against strong competition. And uh, once again, with the cover, closing thoughts, Jonas?
5: I think the Clippers' goal for right now should be, I don't think they're going to catch the Lakers. They've got less than 30 games left. I don't. They're down back five games uh, completely from the Lakers in the one spot. But I think if they can get to the two spot, I think
3: they're going to be fine. All right. When we come back. We are going to ask one NBA what if that would change the entire league
5: if it had happened. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas!
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports.
5: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And
5: I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will ask a question that could have changed the course of this season in the NBA.
3: Yes, and we got, we're going to call this Jonas is Skeptical. We got about 10 minutes of Jonas being so much not believing people, just being such a cynic. But if you like cynics or winners, it's a great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, is up over double listenership in the last year. Thank you so much. You can listen five days a week on over 200 Fox Sports Radio stations. Also, FoxSportsRadio.com, iHeartRadio app, SiriusXM, and on podcasts anytime, just search R.J. Bell. Right now on the strip, 64 degrees, and the neon is flowing. So, R.J., you asked the question yesterday about what
5: the NBA would look like if the Toronto Raptors had a certain somebody who decided to leave them for a team in L.A.
3: Think about this. The more I think about it, the more it's like, what a what if. This is the what if of what ifs. Because you look at this Toronto team. Right now, Toronto has the second best record in the East behind Milwaukee. They have a better record than Boston, Miami, Sixers. They actually have a better record than everyone in the West except the Lakers. Better than Denver, Clippers, Utah, Houston. Wow. Now, you're going to say, okay, Toronto's really good, but they won it last year, and they kind of traded guys for Kawhi Leonard, so they're overperforming. Well, actually, no. If you look at the salary cap, literally Toronto could have exactly the players they have now and Kawhi Leonard. How good would Toronto be with Kawhi Leonard and how much better or worse would that Kwai Leonard team be on Toronto than on the Clippers? So right now, Kawhi said, I can go anywhere I want. I can force trades. I can do whatever. And then he landed on the Clippers. And now he's got a certain chance right there at the top with the Lakers and Milwaukee to win the title. But the great what if, the hypothetical, the butterfly effect, one decision Kawhi stays in Toronto, and they do all the other moves they did, which they could have effectively under the salary cap, how good would that Toronto team be? If, as we talked about it, and it's an eye-popper, really that Toronto team would be favored to win the title right now.
4: Exactly right. I would have them plus 180 to be the So title. about 2-1. to one. About 2-1. to one. Think about it. All these other cogs on that Toronto World Championship team, they've all gotten better. Siakam, he's in line
3: to be the most improved player of the year again this year. Freddie VanVleet. Now think, think about that. The most improved player could be the most improved player a second straight time. That's that's, that's some quantum leaps. <laughs> and speaking of quantum leaps, Freddie Van Vliet. Seemingly oh, the man. day after I broke up with Freddie. Well, that's all I say, bro. Let's just say that there was a conflict.
4: Yes. Well, there's no conflict in his play. <laughs> he's averaging 18 a game this year versus 11 last week.
3: Sometimes you you throw that that bag of bricks off your shoulders. Who knows what happens? Who knows what happens? Listen, this Raptors team has the third best ATS record. We talked about Thunder number one, 64%. Celtics number two, 61%. Raptors number three, 58% against the spread. Better record than Denver, Clippers. And by the way, about plus 200 in that hypothetical Toronto team. The Clippers' current odds are what? Uh, Three to one. So, literally, Jonas, the great what if here, Toronto with Kawhi would have a better chance to win the title based on the Vegas odds, based on Fezzik than Toronto or than the Clippers do with Kawhi now. What do you think? Wh- which team would you rather have a free roll on, Toronto with Kawhi or the Clippers with Kawhi? I would still go with Clippers with Kawhi, just based
5: on the path. I think the Lakers are the only team in their way, and I just don't think, but, per- I don't think but Toronto not think Toronto. But don't you think West far. has a
3: tougher path? Because they got to beat Lakers than, in theory, Milwaukee.
5: I, I also think that last year – Look, that shot goes, uh, you know, off the rim and doesn't go in. You know, maybe they lose to Philadelphia in a seventh game at home. So I just, I don't, I'm more of a believer that the Clippers would have an would have a better path just based on their record against the Lakers this year, as opposed to to Toronto. But it's a fascinating question. Nobody's brought it
3: up. I I mean, it's great to think that. I mean, you just got to give Toronto a bunch of credit, really. you got to give that. Because beyond just how good the players are, the psychology of losing him and still playing this hard, I give them a ton of credit. And obviously, against the spread, they've exceeded expectations. Now we transition to... Jonas is a skeptic, cynic, maybe just mean. (laughs) We will uh, get into that skeptical uh, storyline here in the NFL.
5: Before we do that, I want to let you know we are brought to you by My Computer Career. Make 2020 your year. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. So Miles Garrett, who was recently reinstated by the NFL, the Browns defensive end, in an interview he did recently with Mina Kimes of ESPN. He doubled down on his accusation that Mason Rudolph used a racial slur back in their Thursday night game and that sparked the brawl. Most yeah, I have
3: a, a, a very narrow part of this I want to zero in on. But first, Jonas, we said skeptical Make your case. Well, I just think in in hearing the interview, um,
5: and and I don't know if if you want to hear the sound in totality, so we can kind of take a a look back, or if you want. Oh,
3: you know what I'd rather do is is maybe you give your take, got and it. then I've got about thirty seconds of the sound clipped out. Okay, so I at the time, and we talked about
5: this here on Straight Out of Vegas. The fact that he didn't say anything about the slur being used right in the heat of the moment, which would have made the most sense in the world, everybody on social media, the league, the officials, opposing players, all coming down on him for taking off a guy's helmet and bashing him over the head with it on national television. The, the moment in which you would defend yourself most vehemently without having time to think about it. And he doesn't bring it up then, but he brings it up mm-hmm. days later in an interview, in a meeting with the NFL, one in which he doesn't think is actually going to get out and made public. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it at all.
3: And my instincts lean your way. But I think it's important to say, not that you're saying otherwise, that we can't be sure. No. And I think we got to be careful reading too much into how he's responding, you know, playing like, you know, oh, look, body language experts or whatever. And especially with racial issues, you got to respect the perspective and context that, you know, we might not or likely don't have in some ways. But here's my perspective on the evidence from this statement. And I think it's fascinating where he's at, you know, I guess the way to think about this is, No one else has heard what he said he heard. No Steelers has even hinted that Rudolph was this type. And I get that you would protect your team, but if there was any hint of it from Rudolph, you'd think you'd be hearing about it. We can't be sure. And also, though, it felt like he was a little rehearsed, a little too calm in this interview. And we're going to play the one clip that I think really tells you something But what you're going to hear here, I think, is some surprisingly advanced persuasion techniques. He explains away the lack of evidence with hints of a cover-up, hints of a conspiracy, and hints at the NFL having an agenda. And if you actually listen, this is very textbook the way that they would teach you to try to persuade when you don't have any evidence. Let's listen to this. Most quarterbacks wear mics in their helmets. He somehow uh, lost his helmet and I had to get another one without a mic. There were guys who were mic'd up near me uh, and near us during that time who didn't hear anything. And from what I've heard, there have been audio they're in that game, that could have heard something or could not have heard something, but no, they don't want to say. So something was said. I know something was said. Now, whether the NFL wants to acknowledge it, that's up to them. Now think about that. Somewhere, quote unquote, no or somehow, no helmet mic. There's a mystery, something's going on that no one's under can understand. He heard about other audio. But others don't want to say for some reason, it's all hints at cover up conspiracy, secret agendas. This is textbook, and you hear it politically oftentimes. One final thought, I find it noteworthy he's not seemingly looking for justice right now, rather, he wants to move on, which is exactly what he would want exactly if he made the accusation in the heat of the moment in the aftermath and now doesn't want it to seem like he made it up. This feels like the perfect approach to say, yeah, here's some proof that what I'm saying is true, even though there's not any. And it's okay, though. I'll I'll be the bigger man. Let's move on. Which hopefully, from his perspective, will allow him not to have to answer questions about either Rudolph is a racist and there has to be some ramifications, or he made a false accusation that's pretty serious that there'd have to be ramifications from that. One way or the other, it feels like there should be, and it seems like he's the one saying, Hmm. let's just let it go. Let's just let it go. To me, that's suspicious Fez, you have a thought about the Browns themselves? Yeah, I don't understand the
4: Browns when they get the news that the NFL had reinstated Miles Garrett. The Browns say, "Well, we welcome him back with open arms." Not, I would think they'd be a little bit more guarded. You know what? We're going to
3: talk with Miles. We're going to uh, evaluate. Yeah, how but to that extends that that extends the story. Yeah. They want this story to end, and I think we know the NFL. If you're good, it doesn't matter if you're good off the field. <laughs> right. The minute you're not good on the field, you better be good off the Fair field. Fair enough. Great point. All right, Jonas, point number two, and Jonas is skeptical.
5: Yeah, and uh, we will go to uh, Antonio Brown next. Your former wide receiver, R.J. Bell, of the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and he was
3: he was different back then.
5: <laughs> Antonio Brown is on his accountability tour. He appeared on in a lengthy interview on The Breakfast Club on iHeartRadio, and a lot of it was the same that he'd been talking about recently in the past couple of weeks. He's being accountable for what has happened, You know, taking responsibility for his situation uh, uh, with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers he also took a shot at the XFL and said uh, you know he's not interested in playing for the XFL it's low-level football low-class football according to Antonio Brown so this is more of him trying to get back in the league but I'm not buying it I think he's doing it because it's gone going public
3: yeah and, and I mean the funny thing is he's had a number of starts and stops when it comes to trying to be Uh, taking some responsibility, right? I mean, for a while, he's like, I don't care what anyone thinks. Then he feels the ramifications. Then he backtracks a little bit. Then he lashes out again. I mean, this has happened more than a few times.
5: Yeah. And then the Ben Roethlisberger stuff from earlier this week was comical because he made it a point to go on Instagram to apologize to Ben Roethlisberger and tell him how sorry he was. I'd love to know whether or not he actually sent a personal text message or a phone call, or if that was just all for Instagram and his audience on social media.
3: Here's here's my general approach to wrap this subject. When actions are not yet possible, meaning there's an NFL player drafted, hasn't played a game yet, and they say, I'm going to do so well, blah, blah, blah. You take that fairly seriously, though it's uncertain because there's no actions that could trump the words. But once you have a situation where actions trump the words, the words don't matter. And if you look at Antonio Brown's actions, they've been very erratic and very much not conciliatory, very much not team oriented for over a year now so his words, they don't mean anything to me because he's had his actions now, if his actions change in the future hey, I'll be open I, you know, I was fond of him as a Steelers fan, just because he was a 5th or 6th round pick he worked so hard I mean, by all accounts early in his career, he was the hardest worker on the team something happened I don't know what, but I know right now his actions don't really warrant us giving him the benefit of the doubt. Colin Cowherd said something about Joe Burrow. I disagree with 100%.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Straight Out of
5: Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we will have a best bet your chance to make a little bit of coin as we head into the weekend. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services, getting the job done. Just got. Easier restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
3: And Joe Burrow, there w- was a report about the certainty level. Of Cincinnati taking him and Jonas, you've you're convinced it seems like.
5: Yeah, Matt Miller of the Bleacher Report is reporting that barring some kind of a Ricky Williams type trade, which was a blockbuster and multiple picks involved, uh, the I think Beng- Mike
3: Ditka might be advising yes. Cincinnati. Yeah.
5: And then they and then they appeared, uh, you know, like a married couple on Sports Illustrated with the uh, wedding <laughs> gown and everything. But barring anything like that happening, the Bengals have already settled on Joe Burrow as the number one pick, according to this Bleacher Report report.
3: And does that seem right to you?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense.
3: Colin has been Tua, Tua, Tua. And Colin makes a fascinating point that I would almost always agree with, which is November 15th, maybe November 1st, what was the ranking of quarterbacks? Tua would have been on the top. Burrow would have been after him. And thus, if for a majority of the time Tua's better – and then cause a one injury, and cause a one stretch of games, we're going to now fundamentally say Burrow is better. Well, that's flawed. And I think generally Collins' logic is right on. When you have years of data versus a short time of data, trust the longer time. Trust the years. No doubt. On Valentine's Day, we'll extend this to relationships. If you had five good years with a gal or your partner and – You have a bad couple weeks. What do you trust? You trust the years, at least for a while. At a certain (laughs) point, you got to say maybe something's changed, but give it time. I think we all know that (laughs) anyone has been through multiple relationships. Though if you're through multiple ones, maybe giving it time was a flaw because it ended anyway. But I don't know all those answers. Too much complexity. But here's what I know for sure. What Burrow has done isn't get hot. Burrow has played at a level that you can make the case is the highest that's ever been played on a college football field. I agree.
4: The eye test on Joe Burrow, the way he was able to place the balls, it's almost like he was
3: handing off balls 40 yards downfield. I've never seen anything like it. And if you look at the stats, Jonas... It's been an unmatched season. So when you have the greatest season in the history of the game, and would you agree that's the level Burrow was playing at?
5: Yeah, 100%. We know two things about those two quarterbacks from last season. Burrow had the greatest season in the history of the position, and Tua suffered a devastating injury. That's what we know. And
3: and that brings up another point. If we knew for sure, or even 95-plus percent, that Tua was going to come back 100%, we were almost certain of that. And, and if Burrow got hot, but just got normal hot, you know, maybe even Heisman hot, then you could say, trust the long term numbers, stats, evidence to better in that case. But when you have uncertainty, as Jonas just said astutely with Tua, and when Burrow reached an unparalleled all time greatest level, you got to take that seriously. You just got to. And to me, I would take Burrow first. And if you were to ask me that in the middle of the season, I would have thought, oh, no way. But we're talking about one out of one, the greatest college quarterback of all time, who isn't limited physically where, oh, he's going to have trouble. Not that he's super elite Burrow physically, but he has the minimum to perform at the highest level in the NFL. He performed at the highest level in college. And Tua has question marks. I don't think it's so easy or even right to think Tua is the right answer over Burrow, like Colin does. Oh, I agree. If Tua does not
4: get injured, now we can have a great conversation on who to take. With that Tua injury, it is a
5: slam dunk.
3: And again, we don't. I, I've heard different things. I mean, Jonas, what, what's your sense of? the chance of him coming back 100%? Um,
5: the, he got a report back that was pretty positive, so that was encouraging for a lot of people, but I have not seen anybody say absolutely slam dunk, nothing to worry about. He's going to be back and fully healthy.
3: When we come back, once again, the first time in history, it's true. Steve Fezzik gives you a type of bet that you'll love. These are the kind of bets the public loves that he's never made in all these years. First time coming up.
5: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next year on Fox Sports Radio.
0: out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
1: Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive.
2: Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports.
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
3: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm
5: Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. R.J., despite the weather and all, it is All-Star Weekend in the NBA this weekend. I know there are several odds surrounding all the events at All-Star Weekend you guys have been keeping an eye on.
3: Hey, if they play, we will take bets on it here in Vegas. By the way, got to say it, Fez has that super secret, he's never done it before pick. We're actually moving it to Monday because he's we, we, he's got an XFL pick today. And I think he's going to have something on the total in the All-Star game based on his analysis. So we can't have too many best bets today. Monday, though, he's never done it before. Always our pick, 646 Eastern, straight out of Vegas, five days a week. Okay, three-point contest. Joe Harris is the favorite, plus 450. Joe Harris, Devin Booker's second favorite amongst others. Slam dunk contest. Aaron Gordon, the favorite right there, nipping at his heels, Derek Jones Jr., the skills challenge, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Chris Middleton, the co-favorites. In the game itself, well, actually, let's look at the MVP because I'm going to put a pizza bet personally on the MVP. Now, what's a pizza bet? Bet about as much as a pizza costs. So if you win, you get a pizza. So, this is one of those barely a bet. I like Anthony Davis for the MVP. Giannis is the favorite, four to one. LeBron, second favorite, four and a half to one. LeBron's got his accolades. And oftentimes in the All Star game, the MVP is driven by who's making the effort to score, to show off, to make his statement. You know, LeBron would enjoy it just as much if he could. Hand it to Ad in a way. Oh, this is strong. Get his teammate the MVP. I, I think so. I like it. Bill Simmons talked about that for the whole season, saying he tried to f- feed Ad. But if you could one game, that's mighty easy. What do you think, jones No, you like that?
5: it's a good strategy. Didn't? Wasn't Anthony Davis the MVP of the New Orleans All Star game as well too? I, I almost I want to say
3: that he was. You know, your memory's better on these things than me. I so. know. Now. Let's look at the game itself because LeBron's a big favorite in the game.
5: Yeah, and it's uh, the U.S. All-Stars right now on pregame.com. The U.S. All-Stars, a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the World All-Stars. And the total is uh, 300? I'm seeing 309-and-a-half.
4: That, that's the World All-Stars. These are the rising stars game tonight. But we're actually talking about the uh, All-Star game. Yeah, oh, stars. I got that you. I got funny, you. We,
3: we would glance at that. That made it. That was confusing, too. So, And the side in the All-Star game itself, as is What is it? LeBron minus five, total 300. All right, 300. So here's the thing we were talking about. So LeBron's team, favored by five, total 300. There's there's different rules for the fourth quarter, right? So literally, they're going to play the first three quarters normal. Then at the end of three, whoever's winning, they're going to add 24 points, and this is in honor of Kobe. Yes. And say... That's the race two. So let's just say a team, let's keep it simple, had 100 points, right? Then 124 would be the race to Whichever of the two teams got to 124 first wins. Correct this will affect the amount of points in the fourth quarter. Right. We expect about
4: 48 points in the fourth quarter instead of what would have been 72 or 73 points, literally a 25-point reduction in the expected points in the fourth quarter. Now,
3: let's just be logical here. If we had a 25-point reduction because of the rules, I am accepting of the fact the marketplace might not be so good assessing as you are, this is what you do so well. It's why you have a mansion and a yacht. So the question is this: Last year the total was 300. Same rules except for the fourth quarter change. That's a change you say should be worth about minus 25 points. So you're saying the total should be about 275. It's 300. This has to be the biggest bet of the year for Steve Fazek. It probably should be. I'm just
4: scared. I'm scared, <laughs> RJ, by the 342 these two teams put up last year playing no. You're
3: saying one game. <laughs> oh my. It's not hit That's ironic, Jones. It's not <laughs> hip to be square. Fez, you want to – I'm going to do it. Second pizza bet, because if Fez is scared, I should be a little scared. Second pizza bet under 300 in the game. You got a real best bet though in the XFL. Yeah, we'll get to that best
5: bet here in one moment. Want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone Week Two of the XFL and Steve Fezzik is going back for more.
3: And let's be honest, Week One you had an underdog. That won by how many points? 20. New York Guardians. He knows every every little detail of it, <laughs> Jonas. Best bet this time. And this is more than a pizza bet. I am on
4: Dallas minus four at L.A., and it's all about L.A. being in disarray, R.J. We're only one week into the season. Major problems for L.A. Defensive coordinator. He's fired already defensive captain for LA, he quit the team. Think about that. One weekend, nope, don't want any part of this organization. The LA quarterback Josh Johnson, he's been injured the past month, hasn't been practicing, limited practice this week, and I'm uh, I actually Is he is the dude doing his beer deliveries? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think they're rushing Josh Johnson back because the number two quarterback for L.A. is injured and they don't have basically a quarterback without him. The pick is Dallas minus four at L.A.
3: All right. So your theory is there's so much disarray in L.A. I saw you in the mirror practice and was that what you were doing? Disarray L.A.? That and I was worried you might have me do a read. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this because we think about Jonas professional athletes and how they're they always got a backup. They always got a plan. This really is a borderline amateur operation. I mean, they're moving towards being professionals and they're trying hard, but it could be just LA's just not able to play effectively at all because of all the disarray. I love Fez's bat last week. It was great. One more time, the team. Dallas minus four at Los
5: Angeles. Best bet. The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Straight out of Vegas! (laughs)